0: Target and on in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to lock on to your favorite college and NFL prospects powered by the brand that you come to know and trust. Destination Debbie, welcome to the Elite Seekers Fantasy Football Podcast. Now introducing our host, the creator of the Elite Seekers Podcast. He goes by the name of Ben Eby find them on all social media platforms at the ben eb you ready to take flight we locked on ladies and gentlemen smash that subscribe button let's get them trophies brought back to the hotel here we go hey what's going on elite seekers we're back for another one it is a new month here we are march is upon us and it's been a fun ride already we are well into the elite region series now Having done three episodes already, so if you haven't had a chance to check out any of those episodes, I highly recommend you do. Episode one of the Elite Region Series this year, where we focus on the high school class of 2023, was all about the Pacific Northwest. So we searched Washington, Oregon, Idaho for the best players at each of the positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and let you know where we think those guys will end up when it comes to Potentially having an impactful NFL career. We then bounced down to California and probably didn't have enough time to go through all of the amazing prospects there. California was its own episode and it is just a state that is loaded. And I mean, loaded with high end talent and a ton of guys who I think have a chance to be top stars at their positions. So um, definitely check out episode two, all about California there. And after California, we jumped on to episode three and that was all about the desert states, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and we searched for the best of the best. There was a gem coming out of Las Vegas especially, and then we had a a trio of very big wide receivers ranging in the 6'4 to 6'5 range coming out of Arizona. So that was another fun episode. So I highly recommend you go back. If you haven't had a chance to look at the Elite Region Series to this point, listen to them. Bookmark them. Go listen to them in the summer. These are are episodes that should help you no matter what part of the game you're at, no matter what part of your league you're in, no matter if you're a fan or if you're a fantasy football player just looking to get way ahead of other players in your leagues. So the rest of the West is going to be today's episode, and we're going to go ahead and search in Utah. We're going to search in Colorado, Alaska, and the great state of Hawaii. And we're going to find out, are there guys out there that have that elite potential? That elite potential where they could become someone who makes a big time impact at the NFL level. Well, it starts with college, right? But these guys still have a whole other year of high school ball. So, again, we're very early in the process. It's always a challenge to look at these guys, you know, as juniors in high school and sophomores in high school and decide. Are they going to be someone that develops? Are they going to be able to build out a frame? Are they going to be able to get quicker and faster and stronger? And you expect all of those things to happen, but you can't predict it 100%. So it's really a guessing game with the information we have. And, and that's probably what makes it so fun. You know, Elite Seekers is all about the prospects, but it's not just about the stats. It's not just about the height, the weight, the speeds. It's about a lot more than that. We try to find the stories here. You know, I really want you to know what I think a player is all about from a mental standpoint as well, because I think as an elite player, you gotta be a certain type of way to fight through all the obstacles it takes to reaching those milestones, you know, to become an elite high school player, a lot of obstacles along the way growing up to become an elite college player. Again, a lot more obstacles and the funnel really gets smaller, right? A lot less opportunity. And then when you're talking to the NFL, The amount of obstacles you overcome just to make the NFL, whether it's undrafted, late round pick, or you know, someone who is a first round pick with a a ton of talent, regardless, just to get to that point, a massive amount of obstacles had to be overcome. So what is the mental makeup of these guys? How do they become the best of the best? How do they overcome all of those challenges and obstacles and hurdles along the way and then rise to the top and become elite at the nfl level well it's going to be talent it's going to be hard work it's going to be you know mental focus it's going to be opportunity there's a whole lot of pieces to this pie and our job is to put as many of them together as we can ahead of time now i've mentioned going after the mental aspect and trying to predict that from a high school level from a college level and people ask me how do i do that well it's it's definitely a challenge right I think if I was able to travel all over the country and go to these games live, I'd be a different ball game. I think you'd definitely get a better sense. But right now it comes to looking up social media stuff. It comes to looking up interviews that these players have done. What do they speak about? What do they talk about? Is it a them thing? Is it a team thing? Do they do they have confidence in their abilities? Do they have confidence in, in rising above and in raising the talent level of those around them? You know, there's a lot to it. And then it comes to body language. I really like to look at body language. Yes, the plays are great, and that's, that's awesome, and that will definitely help guys go ahead and, and make certain levels and you know achieve certain goals when they're playing football. But how do their teammates respond to them? How do they respond to their coaches, whether it be criticism or praise? You know, There's a lot of pieces to this. Do they put their head down after they make a mistake, or do they go out there, get back on that horse? And really find a way to overcome or make up for a mistake that may have just happened in the game. Because nothing's perfect. But all of these little attributes, all of these little hints, all of these little pieces of information are going to be big in attempting to go out there and, you know, make a decision for ourselves as far as does this guy have what it takes mentally to achieve great goals, achieve greatness overall? And that's the fun part I think about Elite Seekers. And that's truly probably the special sauce when it comes to elite seekers yeah there's a lot of talented guys that we can all talk about those and we're talking about young players that may or may not be going up against the best talent already before college ball but there's a lot of telltale things where you know little hints like that will go a long way paired with whatever type of talent and opportunity they have in front of them and in that moment so that's what it's all about hopefully that helps a little bit too continue to keep us on track about what Elite Seekers and what the Elite Region Series is all about. So now that you know we're talking about players that just finished up their junior year of high school football and still have a whole year of high school football in front of them, Uh, hopefully that puts it into perspective of what we're looking for and, and how we're looking at some of these players before we talk about them on the show. So without further ado, let's get into the rest of the West and talk about the best players out of Utah, Colorado, Alaska, and Hawaii. In head, on in three, two, one. As always, first up, we are going to talk about the quarterback position. And this one is coming out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. That is Braden Dorman, the 6'5", 206-pound quarterback out of Vista Ridge High School. Now, Braden is one that you may or may not have heard of so far in the game currently ranked as the 13th quarterback in the nation according to 24-7 Sports. Now Braden just made his commitment last week, last Tuesday actually, and let us know he will be going to the University of Arizona, which was a big surprise. A lot of folks had him predicted to go to Oregon State. He had offers on the table from Cal, Colorado, Arizona, Mississippi State, um, you know, really across the board. So uh, it's, it's nice to see. I think what fish coach fish is able to do down there in Arizona coming in with that high school 2022 class and just really loading up and putting them on the map is a big time thing now that you add a cornerstone piece like like quarterback Braden Dorman I think you're really setting the table for a run here that the University of Arizona has not seen on the football field in quite some time now coach fish comes from that New England Patriots coaching staff and I think those NFL ties were really big in Braden's decision to go there. He does have goals to get to the NFL level, as most of these high-level quarterbacks do. But Braden comes in at you know that six foot five, very very skinny right now, but a great frame. I think he's going to be able to fill out just fine. Um, the size of his hands, the way you know when you watch how he grips that football, uh, it's just really going to be something that goes a long way for him. You know whether he's playing in hot weather, whether he's playing in the snow. Um, you know, having those big hands, I think goes a long way. It may be overrated a little bit, uh, but there's a lot of potential in Braden. I think that's where it's at for him. He's definitely has, you know, does a good job with escapability. He's not a dual threat by any means, but he does a good job navigating the pocket, being able to escape the pocket and you know, keep his eyes down the field. But he's definitely more of that pocket passer guy. But at his size, that's totally okay, right? At six foot five there. Um, he's very, very productive. he's a three year starter already, so he has a whole other year to go, uh, but he's already thrown for over 6500 yards over 67 touchdowns. and the thing that I really like is the improvement he's shown along the way as a freshman went out there through for 1900 yards, 13 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, right? Something you would expect some ups and downs from a, a true freshman in high school. you're talking about a kid who is probably in that 14, 15 year old range. Then he goes on. You get the sophomore season that was shortened by COVID, but he puts up 1,829 yards in way less games, 24 touchdowns to only seven interceptions. So such a huge leap uh, for this kid here. And and I think that's where it really put him on the map as far as the Division One programs, especially coming out of the Pac-12. But then you start to get you know looks from, from schools like Mississippi State as well. And then you go into his junior season and he just improves again, over 2,700 passing yards. 30 passing touchdowns, only 8 interceptions, and, you know, really put himself on the map. I'm expecting a big year. He led the team to a 7-4 and record this year, and and they made it to the second round of the Colorado 4-8 playoffs, so, you know, that's great. Over 60% passing, a big thing, you know, I think it's something that he'll continue to build on. He's going to have to work on probably a little bit quicker throws. That's would be one of his knocks right now, but he can make all the throws, the short, the flat, the intermediate, the over-the-top. Uh, has great touch. Probably needs to work on the velocity on downfield throws a little bit. Might be a little bit too much touch if, you know, he ends up at Arizona there. Uh, but he has all of the tools and is a big-time potential guy that uh, I think University of Arizona is very, very excited to add on to the recruit list. So uh, Braden Dorman, that's the quarterback that we're choosing out of the rest of the West episode out of Vista Ridge High School in Colorado Springs, Colorado a future Arizona Wildcat. Target, on three, two, one. All right, this is a fun one. Running back position. It was a tough one to find looking at these four states that we mentioned, but I found two guys who were very, very similar and I think have unique skill sets that could translate into something more, especially with the way the NFL and college game continues to evolve. The pass catching running backs that have decent size are, are ones that I think um, can go out there and just find ways to get on the field early. You know, looking at both the guys that I'm about to mention, they're both good pass protectors. They both like physical contact. They're both at 190 pounds, five foot eleven. So the size, the framework is there to be guys that are, you know, in that two oh five to two hundred and ten pound mark, like physicality, like to block for the quarterback and can really catch the ball both of them are, are guys that you can see line up in the slot you can see them catching passes out of the backfield they really move all over the field and both are able to play on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball but everything you know that i'm seeing so far is they're they're lower name guys as far as the recruiting field goes but they're ones that i do believe will see time on the offensive side of the ball so first up c Valahi. And he's out of West High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. Again, I already mentioned 5'11", 190 pounds, but just some crazy good receiving chops. And I like the physicality that he plays with. Very, very productive running back. Currently has offers from Nevada. They just offered him on February 17th this month. And then he also picked up Utah State's offer on January 26th. So just now starting to warm up as the offers go. But again, I think it comes down to that, that pass protection ability. That receiving ability, a good size, doesn't really like blow you away at any one thing, but the hands are just great. The footwork from a running back position, as far as route running goes, is great. The vision is great. So when you put those things together, I don't think you have to be a blazer. You know, these guys are are quick, quick feet, make guys miss after the catch. And that's what you want your your pass catching running backs to be able to do. Again, they both like that physical contact, so that's going to help when it comes to blocking for the quarterback. And I think if you can pass protect, you're going to be on the field in a lot more situations, you know, both at the NFL level and at the college level. So Seaside Valahi out of West High School in Salt Lake City is definitely a name to keep an eye on. And let's see if, uh, you know, some of these these, uh, colleges come out there and start offering up these guys, you know, like in Nevada and Utah State are the only one uh, as far as Seaside goes right now. But More to come. I really believe that I think more to come has a whole another year high school ball ahead of him. Now his counterpart coming out of East High School in Salt Lake City, Utah, again, 5'11", 190 pounds, is Amini Amone. And he is another one that quick feet, great vision, great ability to go out there and catch the ball, also lines up in the slot. And when you watch him in some of these seven-on-seven film and drills, it is really, really tough to guard one-on-one. He also only has two offers. One from Utah State and also one from Arizona State. So, um, you know, there's these are two guys that I think possess all of the abilities to go out there and, and really help a team be better. I don't know if they have elite traits yet, but it's something to keep an eye on when you have those great receiving chops, the quick feet, the vision in the open field to become a yak monster essentially out of the backfield and the ability to see hopefully the field earlier. Because you can pass protect so well. So really it's going to come down to are these guys going to see the field early? Are they going to get an opportunity? And if they do, what are they going to do with it? I think both of them are talented enough to make some noise, you know. But I want to see some more offers come onto the table. Uh, Arizona State, that's a solid offer right now. But um, Utah State, that's uh, going to be a little tougher. Nevada uh, for Seaside, that's, that's pretty solid as well. But hey, let's see what happens. They got a whole another year, both of them coming out of Salt Lake City. Uh, two guys that I definitely want to put on that watch list for us here uh, with the Elite Region Series. Target on in three, two, one. Jumping over to the wide receiver position, we are going to stay here in Colorado and talk about Cherry Creek High School's Ismail Sisi. Six foot, 180 pounds, coming off of a state championship where he was the star wide receiver for the team after transferring in. Ismail is a, is a guy that just does everything really well. Great hands, great concentration, ability to go up, catch the ball over smaller defenders. Good route running. I think there's, there's still some room to improve there, but really good route running. Gets open, and his quarterback just trusts him. You know, they come in off of a state championship, so the quarterback's not terrible, but I also thought the quarterback made a lot of questionable throws, and that really comes down to mostly the trust that uh, he has in Sissy. And that's, that's going to go a long way. Currently has a lot of offers on the table all from the west of the United States there. So Cal, Colorado, Nevada, UNLV, and then a nice one from USC. So I want to see what happens there. Where does he end up? Does he continue to rise? He is a guy that really is tearing up the circuit as far as you know 7-on-7 seven seven goes as well, coming off of the state championship there uh, in Colorado. But He's going to be one that you got to keep an eye on for his senior season. He could be a fast riser and easily, easily end up in the top 25, top 30 receivers in the country out of this class. He's currently listed uh, by 24-7 Sports as the 528th uh, player overall nationally speaking, 75th wide receiver, but I think that is way too low. He's a three-star according to their standards there, but I do believe this is a player that you have to watch. He is going to be a late riser. I'm confident in his ability. I'm confident from what I'm seeing, both on the interview standpoint, uh, after games. He says all the right things. He seems you know, very well put together as far as uh, just understanding of the game and, and being a player out there that just is going to do anything he can to win. And like I said, that quarterback and that system trust him greatly. And that was year one for him in this new program. Uh, out there in Englewood Colorado so pay attention Ismail Sissy uh, just a 6'1 180 pound wide receiver with a, a good offer already on the table when it comes to USC there also Colorado Cal Nevada UNLV again uh, mentioning those ones but I do expect that list to grow and grow rapidly in the hit, target on in three two one Another wide receiver, and this one is my favorite of the episode and might be my favorite of the Elite Region Series so far, and it's a name you probably haven't heard unless you live in Hawaii. That is former water boy, Kainoa Carvalho. Goes by Kai Kai, and he is an absolute stud. Only 5'7", 155 pounds, but he really is a do-it-all football player. Um, Just a guy that is going to do everything he can to help his team win. Uh, even during COVID season, where Hawaii said we're not doing any high school sports, he moved out to out to Utah just so he could play again and, and not sit out the season, and then move back to Hawaii once Hawaii opened up high school football again. So, um, a kid that is committed to the sport, but really loves his community, loves his his hometown, loves his high school and his teammates. So. That is uh, someone that I think is a special type of player when it comes to the mental aspect of the game. You know, seeing the pictures of him as the water boy, his, his dad is an assistant coach on the football team. His uncle is the head coach. And he helped lead his team, Kahuku, to an undefeated season, knocking off the four-time, four-time straight state champs, St. Louis, there in Hawaii. Um, so just an absolute star in the making and someone you got to pay attention to. It's crazy to me that he only has a couple offers on the table. Uh, the biggest one being from Utah, but I I do think that will change very quickly. Um, What's what's wild as well is is this kid plays not only wide receiver, that's his main position, and he had over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns this season, but he's also the place kicker, the punter, the running back, kick returner. He does a little bit of everything for this team, and in that state championship, knocking off the four-time state champs, They ended up winning forty nine to fourteen. He carved them up for one hundred thirty five yards and two touchdowns with just some absurd play across the field. Um, And he just has so much heart. He just won the Offensive Player of the Year in Hawaii, which is the Marcus Mariota Award. And he he just believes in that award so much. He loves you know obviously Tua um, you know coming through before him, Marcus Mariota coming through before him. But he just understands the tradition in, in Hawaiian football and he wants to live up to that. So being a coach's kid, being someone that loves the game as much as he does. And then he's just electrifying on the field. He's not someone that just puts up these these plays because, you know, he can he can go out there and move a little bit and dad's the coach. No, he is an absolute stud. He is lightning in a bottle at that size, um, you know, and I think he's going to put on a little bit more weight, but I don't think it really matters. He's so strong. You see him go out there and he hits some stiff arms at his size. He He gets hit. It seems to just bounce off contact. Just great balance. He's such a low center of gravity. He was absolutely one of my favorite guys to watch. Coming in with those 64 catches for over a thousand yards and the 10 touchdowns, and that was in the open division, so uh, the biggest division there in Hawaii. And he has a whole another year to go. I think you are going to see a lot of schools come knocking late in the game for this one because what what quarterback or what system would not want a player like him who can get open, who can just beat the physical press coverage, the you know, sit down in in, in the open spaces of zone defenses. It just doesn't matter how you try to stop this kid. He'll beat you deep, he'll beat you short. But he was one of the fastest at getting open um, that I've seen so far. So really special player in Hawaii. Yes, smaller competition out there, but uh someone I think who has a big time future ahead of him in Kai Kai Carvalho. Target. I don't in three, two, one. Last up, I just want to quickly talk about the tight end position, but one that was a fun player to watch. He's a three-star, currently ranked as the number 42 tight end in America, and he's coming out of Regis Jesuit in Aurora, Colorado. That's Andrew Metzger. He's 6'5", 235 pounds, so great size already. But what really stood out for me about Andrew is his love for blocking. He is so physical that he goes out there and just drills guys into the ground uh he's all about pushing them back 10 15 yards even sometimes well after the whistle so he just is hungry for physical contact and you watch him and he really reminds me of of George Kittle light uh, because he catches the ball he plays crazy like just crazy energy but he as soon as he catches that ball he's whipping his head around and he has a great ability to make guys miss for his size and he just loves to get up the field and, and put the hurt on players. He seems like he is the guy that is out there to welcome that physical contact. He currently has uh, some offers on the table from Miami of Ohio and Nevada, uh, but also getting looks from Cincinnati, Colorado, Colorado State so far. Um, so we know some of those schools have been able to put up some great players at those positions. So let's pay attention to Andrew Metzger, somebody that has a willingness to get on the field early with his blocking ability. Probably loves special teams as well, but also a guy that has great hands, really made some acrobatic catches, um, but I like his yards after catch ability and the way he just punishes anybody that tries to hit him after he makes that catch. So that's all I got as far as prospects go. Yes, it is time for the quote of the show. And hey, thanks to Kai Kai Carvalho, I got one that I think just kind of fits this episode perfectly. Underdogs adapt, evolve, and become winners. Because of their preparation, heart, execution, and the relentless attitude that the game will not end any other way. Yes, Kai Kai is all about that. He made sure of it. Team went undefeated. Smallest dude on the field making the biggest impact. And you know what? I talk a lot about the mental side of the game, and that is so contagious for the rest of your team, the rest of your squad. So whether you're playing sports or in the workspace or whatever it might be, hey, have that attitude that you know things are not going to end any other way. Go out there and prepare for it. Make it happen. And that's uh, that's how we're going to end this show. So hopefully you enjoyed this one. This was the rest of the West episode of the Elite Region Series, our fourth one in the series so far. And we'll continue it next Tuesday. So, hey, glad March is here. It's going to be a good one. I appreciate everybody who rocks with us week after week. If you got any questions about players or whatever, reach out to me. Twitter is the best way. Just go ahead and DM me at the ben eb and uh, i'll definitely respond as quickly as as i can so thank you so much hope you all have a great rest of your week we'll see you next tuesday elite seekers out